the Penguins let a golden opportunity squander on Thursday night. And for today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, Pat and I are going to recap that game against the Devils, plus get you all set for this massive back-to-back on Saturday and on Sunday. You're Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host, Patrick Dam. You can follow him on Twitter at Cinnamon for Wet, and you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So, Devils 5, Penguins 2, the five-game winning streak, poof, it's gone. And the first thing I think about when I just go back for this game, man, the Penguins let a big opportunity go to waste. The Devils came into this game, no Jack Hughes, no Nico Heischer, and then we learned during warmups, no Timo Meyer. Three of their four best forwards out. And I'm thinking going in, okay, Penguins have a big opportunity to make this six in a row to really dictate terms, finally beat the New Jersey Devils, something they've really struggled to do over the past couple of seasons. And then they just didn't do it. They lose five to two. And honestly, the team laid an egg in this one. Outside of Brian Rust and Eric Carlson, I don't think anyone on this team played particularly well. And let's just start in net. Not good enough from Tristan Jari. I'm sorry, man. We've talked him up a lot over these last few episodes with how good he's been playing. But then the inconsistencies came back yet again in this one. I felt like I could tell this was going to be a bad Jari game kind of after the first goal, but really after the second one. We gave up that really juicy rebound after Brian Russ scored his second of the night to make it 2-1. to one. The Devils come back just about a minute or two later. They score, and Jari's rebound control there is atrocious. And then you see the third goal to Jesper Bratt. He's way off his angle, playing way too deep in his net. He did this on the first one as well, the shorthanded opportunity. And he just wasn't aggressive enough, wasn't playing the way he was playing his previous three to four starts. And this is what we've seen from him, though, during the season, Pat. You and I have talked about it. He can look great in some of his starts, but then he can look like, honestly, an AHL goalie in some of these other starts. Just wasn't good enough in this one. And that needs to change, especially when your team is struggling a bit. They were, it was the game was tied heading into that third period. But and you, sometimes you need your goalie to really, I don't know, just make some tough scathes when the rest of your team doesn't have it so you can maybe get at least a point. And Jari just didn't do that in this one. He was really bad. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'll get into Jari here in a second. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta also give credit to Sidney Crosby last night. He also had a solid game uh, in a night where nobody really played well. I mean, you look at his underlyings he did quite well 63 percent of the shot attempts he had uh 64 percent of the expected goals so he played a solid game and extended his point streak but to the jari point i i said it to our pal chris mack last night during the game it's not asking too much for your five million dollar goalie to pick you up on a night like last night 
He doesn't have to be perfect. Again, I'm going to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face, but you're a Penguins goalie. You don't need to be a Vesna caliber candidate. But on a night like last night where the skaters are struggling, they're just off their game. And, and I got to give credit to Phil Bork because I did have uh, a deck hockey game myself last night. So I had to listen to the second period on my drive home. But he brought up that it wasn't that the Penguins were playing poorly last night. They were just off. They just weren't crisp. They weren't having they weren't having a clean game. They were missing yeah. passes by just a little bit. They were just a second behind, but it wasn't like they were overmatched. And on a night like that, you need your goalie to pick you up. He doesn't again, doesn't have to pitch a shutout, doesn't have to play irrationally uh outside of his comfort zone. He just has to be the backbone on that night. He just has to make the saves he needs to make and I would say probably three of the five he let in were goals you look at and go, you need to make that save. So that is part of the problem is when you're a $5 million goalie with a five-year deal, we need that kind of consistency from you. We're not going to ask too much of you. We're not going to ask you to win games for us. But again, you can't lose them. And while he is not the only one at fault for last night, this wasn't a case of the Penguins played really well and got let down by their goalie. This was a case of this is a game where you have to be someone who helps and not give it away. And usually it feels like when Jari has struggled this year, you can tell pretty early when it's going to be a rough night. Heck, even the first goal, I was like, okay, that's not a goal that he had been giving up in three or four. Or three or four of his last starts. And especially on the second one, I'm like, okay, this definitely doesn't look good. I feel like he may have another howler coming. Sure enough, we saw that on the third goal when the Devils took the lead for good in the third period. But even outside of the goaltending issues that we saw from the Penguins in this one, I like what you said when you were discussing Phil Bork. They weren't crisp. I didn't like how the Penguins played in, new- in the neutral zone, excuse me, in this one. They let so many easy zone entries from the Devils throughout the night. And especially on a night where they didn't have Hughes, Heesha, or Meyer, that's unacceptable to me. I wasn't seeing the same commitment to team defense that I was seeing in three or four or these last five games heading into last night. They were allowing the Devils to skate in with control basically every time and get a chance. And while I understand that the Devils are a very fast team, they gave the Penguins fits again, that's not good enough when the Devils are down three of their best players. You need to be able to play the same style against them, against the teams that you were beating, whatever. And I just didn't see it in this one. I, I, don't, I didn't like it. They gave up 12 high danger chances at five on five. That's also unacceptable to me. That's way too many for a lineup that, again, was very shorthanded for the Devils. Just didn't see that same commitment to defense. And while it didn't do Jari any favors, he still should have made a few of those other saves. It was still not to my liking after what we saw for those last four to five minutes. It kind of continued what we talked about after the Blue Jackets game. Right. They were playing high-risk hockey in a lot of moments. Now, some of that is score effects. Some of that is the fact that they were down or it was tied or they had just given up a goal, so they were going to try to go get it back. But at the same time, on the whole, you don't want to give up double-digit high-danger chances in a game, regardless of what your system is whether you play up tempo or you play uh, conservative low event hockey, you don't want to give up double digit high danger chances. Cause even on a night where your goalie is feeling it, 
where your goalie's in the zone and playing well, that is playing with fire because it's the National Hockey League. It's it's not it's it's not uh, men versus boys. This is men versus men. So you give an NHL team double digit high danger chances, they're eventually going to find the back of the net, even if your goalie's on. And that's part of the problem is last night their goalie was not on. And it's just, it's an unacceptable result because I, while I can't quite say they didn't bring their best because they didn't, but I also don't look at that game and think, oh man, like they really went back to the early season penguins again and looked bad. It was again to, to 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 talk about what Phil Bork said. He brought this up too. It's an eighty-two game season. You eventually have to pencil in for most teams in most years five, six, or seven clunkers where you just don't have it. Whether you're genuinely awful or just you, you just have a night where nothing's going your way. Yeah. So. It's a weird game to recap because while I'm infuriated by the way Jari played and some of the other uh, extenuating circumstances with it, I also look at the standings and where everything sits today, and I'm like, you know what? It wasn't the worst, but you'd like to see better against a team that's had your number for about a year and a half. Right, and again, they laid an egg. This was a total clunker of a performance by the Penguins. I'm not going to read too, too much into it. I'm not going to overreact and say, oh, they're going back to how they played when they were three and six. I'm not going to say that. I will say, though, I didn't like how they didn't get enough chances in this one. The Devils have been bleeding chances and goals against for the last week or so, and I felt like the Penguins didn't really test their defense or VTech Vanacek enough. And I'll also say this when it comes to how they lost this game. Opportunity, the Penguins went on the power play up one nothing after a really nice Brian Russ goal. Forehand, backhand, top cheese, pass Vanacek. It was a really nice play by Russ. And he's been great to start the year. Penguins get a power play, thinking, oh, okay, maybe you can go out to a 2 nothing lead. Right when they put that first unit on the ice, those first 15 to 20 seconds, I'm like, oh boy, this unit does not have it. And sure enough, they gave up the shorthanded um, goal. And it was like, that's another game I feel like where the power play just sucks the momentum. It sucks the life out of the team right after that. Even honestly, after the Russell, they made it two one. I still didn't feel confident because of the way the power play just sucked the life out of them. And man, the power play again, just has to be better throughout the rest of the season. It just, that's not good enough in that situation or at all. And to build off of that again, this could all change in a week. This could all change in a month. Last night could be a one-off. But yeah. the thing that bothers me about that, about last night overall, is a a little bit of a lack of a killer instinct because you're going up against a team that's on a three-game losing skid, going up against a team that's missing three of its best players. It's a team that you expected to be at the top of the division this year. And at the time being, you were ahead of them in the standings. It's a team that has two goalies that have not been able to make a save this year. And that should be a night where if you're a championship team, if you have championship DNA, you look at that roster or that 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 game on the calendar and you go, we have to beat their ass. We have to beat them up. We have to get a decisive win because – Again, similar to the killer instinct, everybody after the first month of this season 
wrote this team off. They're too old. They're too slow. They're they're chasing a window that's no longer open. That should piss you off. That that should motivate you. And a game like last night would have been a perfect opportunity to prove that, and they didn't. So again, it could be a one off. This could all change in a week or a month or wherever. But there is a seed of doubt in my head that maybe this team doesn't have the killer instinct it needs. And hopefully that does change going forward. Heck, maybe we'll see a killer instinct against Carolina or Vegas this weekend. We're going to get to that in just a second. But I agree with you overall. In that situation when they got the power play, you need to have that instinct. You need to try to be like, okay, we're going to go out and score here, make it 2 nothing, make it hard on this team that's without three of their best players. And the Penguins didn't do that, and they didn't even really come close to getting a scoring chance on that power play. It was an absolute mess. And as for Vanacek, I mean, he was came into this game, sub-900 save percentage. And he went out there and looked like a goalie who had – a 915, 920 save percentage. Just overall, not good enough for the Bay in this one. Didn't but, help Bailey put up 23 shots. Right. No, I, I agree with you on that. But I think that would do it for this first segment of today's episode. Coming up in the second segment, we're not going to talk about that game against New Jersey anymore. Total dud. We're moving on. We're going to preview the game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday night. A team that the Penguins also did not beat at all last season and see if they can get their first win against them in quite some time. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about game time. You should not have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can also buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime, and all you got to do, download the GameTime app on your phone, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Green account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by my co host, Patrick Dam. So, schedule gets tougher this week in a massive back to back for the Penguins, starting up with a trip to Raleigh to play the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that started out a bit slow. They weren't playing well defensively, weren't playing Rod Brindamore hockey, I should say. Then they woke up a little bit, started scoring, started getting back to the way they usually play under Brindamore. But as of late, Pat, they've kind of struggled a little bit. They got embarrassed by the Flyers this week. They're a bit banged up right now, especially in net. But this is still a team that has given the Penguins some fits over these past few years. I mean, last year, the games were all really close. The Penguins just didn't come out on the right side of any of those matchups. And they're a bit of a different team compared to the Devils. With the Devils, you know you're going to get with how fast they are, how they're going to outscape the Penguins. The Penguins didn't do a good job of limiting them, even without some of their best players. And I know I've said that 5,000 times. I apologize about that. With the Hurricanes, they're fast, but they will really keep you to the outside. They play some, I guess, boring hockey in quotation marks when they're on, but it's very effective. And last year, the Penguins... They didn't get a lot of chances against the Hurricanes. And I honestly, when the Hurricanes are on, not many teams get quality chances against them. So when you do get a quality chance, and it's few and far between when they're on, you better make sure that you're putting the puck in the back of the net. So this game presents a much different challenge for the Penguins. So when they do get chances, they're going to have to make sure to bury them. 
And I just, again, want to see them get back to the style that they were playing during the winning streak. But again, this is going to be a very tough team to play against. You look at Carolina's roster, right? And obviously, Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, Tevo Teravainen, uh, Brent Burns, Slavin, all really, really good players. But you look at their roster and you you don't see a superstar. You don't see an all-time game-breaker. So to what you were saying, it's not that the Hurricanes play boring hockey. They play disciplined hockey. They play their system and they stick to it to a T. And they wait you, for the they wait for the other team to make a mistake, and then they're like, "Okay, and, we'll pounce on you." And the thing is, they don't play slow either. It's not boring defensive first, clog up the neutral zone, clog up the D zone, and just sit back. They pressure you everywhere, but they pressure you in a very smart way. They make sure that they use the numbers in the side of the in the strong side of the ice to their advantage. So they're able to counterattack. They're able to beat you with speed and pressure. But everybody in that in that on that roster has a role and they all play it well. That's Rod Brindamore hockey. And the other thing that they do is they are going to take a chunk out of you. That is Rod Brindamore hockey. This yeah. team, it, it, it's what everybody thinks a John Tortorella system is. Everybody, it, it's what everybody who who is a John Tortorella guy thinks his system is. They don't play they don't make, you know, they're not having Teravinen and Aho and Jarvis and Svechnikov and all those guys go out there and block shots and become defensive forwards, but they're going to play aggressive. They're going to hit your defense. They're going to hit your forwards in the defensive or the offensive zone. They're going to take a piece out of you. So, for the Penguins, like you said, they have to get back to playing the hockey they played against teams like Colorado way they played on the west coast road trip the way they played right before the columbus and new jersey games to where they do not allow this this carolina team to counterattack. do not allow them to play their system to a t yeah get up on them early and make them take risks because like you said they're hurting a little bit especially in goal because freddie anderson's he's hurt auntie ranta not exactly a great track 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 record against the Penguins. So this is another opportunity. And then you look at the standings. They are two points back of Carolina for third in the division. If they win this in a clean way, they don't go to overtime. It gives them three more uh, regulation wins than Carolina. So this jumps you even past the wild card and into third place in the Metro. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at maybe getting into second and starting to chase down the Rangers a little bit. Well, let's see if they can get up to second before they think about chasing down the Rangers. And you know, obviously they'll play the Rangers next week, but we'll get you all set for that next week. But yeah, I agree with you overall. The Hurricanes, yeah, I think maybe boring is probably not the right term. So I apologize on that. Discipline, I, I would say, is a bit better. And you know, you look at their underlings, this is still a team that controls the expected goals. And they also get the actual goals. 53.1% of the expected goals at five on five this season, about 51% of the actual goals, right? That's pretty decent. You know, they have a plus one goal differential at five on five. And again, while they haven't been the same, this is still a team that can turn it on at any time. You always have to watch out for Aho. He's averaging a point per game. Kakanyemi is playing well, 13 points in 16 games. Marty Natchez. I think Marty Natchez is one of the most underrated players in the league. I will stand by that. He is 
criminally good. And he's off to a really good start for the Hurricanes this year. Five goals, 12 points in 16 games. Penguins will have to really be on tight alert for him. Seth Jarvis is very good. Tara Bynan has nine goals in 16 games. It's just a very well-balanced team. You look at their defense. It's so freaking deep. I mean, that's probably one of the best defensive groups in the league. And overall, again, like you, you want to get ahead of them early because I don't think this Carolina team is built to come back from multi-goal deficits. They like to play with the lead. They like to play in these tight 1-1, 2-2 games. If you can jump out to a lead on them, whether it's 2-0, heck, whether it's 3-0, they'll, they'll, they'll open up the game a little bit and they'll start taking some risks. And that's not what Rod Brindamore likes to do with his system. He likes these close, tight checking games. So it's prudent, I think, for the Penguins to really jump out to an early lead here and get the Hurricanes off their game a little bit. And I want to clarify here too. I, I am not saying that any of these players aren't talented or good. They're still good. I, just, yeah. I look at this roster and I don't see a true blue or red. If you're the Her- Carolina hurricanes, a true blue superstar, right. there, maybe Brent Burns just because of the legacy, but you look up and down that roster. There's, there's no generational. There's no build your franchise around him kind of player. It's all very good players. So they kind of went the, rather than have one guy and build depth around him, they just built depth everywhere. Yeah, I think they're one of the deepest teams in the league. And heck, they just got Andre Svechnikov back during the season. He's close, I would say, Pat, to maybe yeah. that superstar level. I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's better than Sebastian Ajo, to be honest. But Svechnikov, I think, is the closest one they have. And he's going to get better as the season goes on, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, their their big three really is Svechnikov, Ajo, and Tara Vinen. Like, like, I And again, it, it speaks to the level of talent in the league now that I'm saying, oh, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if these guys are superstars, but they're still pretty damn good. Right. No, I agree with you overall. And just looking at the history, these last 23 games, Penguins 12 and 7 and 4 in their last 23 games, dating back to January 17th, 2016 against the Hurricanes. They also have points in eight of their last 11 games at PNC Arena down in Raleigh. So, team that historically they've played pretty decent against, but last season, obviously, a little, little bit of an outlier. They've struggled for the last year, year and a half against the Hurricanes. Overall, when you look at this back-to-back, before we head to break, we'll preview the Vegas game. What do you do with the goalie situation here? Do you go Jari in this one and maybe Nedeljkovic on Sunday when he's clear to come back from LTIR or Helberg? Or do you do maybe Helberg in this one and Jari in the next one? It's interesting to think about. If you're asking me, I'd go Jari in this one against the divisional opponent, and then I would go Nedeljkovic if he's ready to go on Sunday because he can come back from LTIR then. But... That's just how I would do it if I were Mike Sullivan. I think it's going to have to be that. Mm. I think one, you want to, and I know a lot of people are going to argue me on this, and, and rightfully so. He's Jari's your guy, whether you like it or not. He is your guy. So play him in the divisional game. Play him in the divisional matchup. And put give him that vote of confidence and say, listen, go out there and win this one for us. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with Helberg and Nadelkovich. I know that he's eligible to come back from LTIR this weekend, but I do know that Wilkes-Bear has said he's down there for conditioning, so I don't know how long his conditioning stint will be. Right. Sometimes that's one game. Sometimes it's multiple. But I think this is how I would do it, e- even though Vegas, we're going to talk about Vegas here in a minute, even though Vegas is probably the best team in hockey right now. 
you don't you don't you stand more to lose tomorrow night than you do on Sunday. I agree with that. And and that's why considering it's a divisional opponent, these games mean more against a team in the Western Conference rather than a team in the Western Conference, excuse me. You go with your starter in this one and then I think you'll deal with the situation on Sunday against Vegas when you have to. Man, again, just looking up and down this Carolina team. I mean, it is such They're a good man. Jordan Stall is their third line center for God's sakes and I always have love for Jordan Stall, man. He is Penguin royalty for as, as far as I'm concerned to be honest. It's a, he's the one player he he is the first person that uh you know real quick my dad was a hockey writer in the 90s for the penguins and uh he was the first guy that i ever realized okay i'm old enough to talk hockey with my dad and be on a similar plane because he was he was emphatic stalls rookie they're going to send him back to junior they're going to send him back to junior i'm telling you kid they're sending him back to junior i was like dad i'm telling you i've been watching this guy in preseason I've been watching him in the first five games. He is a bona fide NHL player. He is not going to do anything in junior anymore. He is done with junior. He's in the NHL. And I think it was like his 10th or 11th game. He scored a hat trick and I was at a friend's house and I pulled out my flip phone because this is how old I am and called him and went, Hey, did you see that? He see you scored a hat trick tonight in the national <laughs> hockey league. And he just went, ah, screw you and hung up. <laughs> That's a perfect story on Jordan Stahl. And it's crazy that it's already been a decade since he left the Penguins. It's just like, how, man, time just flies. But again, I know he's been gone for a long time, but for what he did for this franchise with the 09 Stanley Cup and even before then, I'll always treat him as Penguin royalty, people. I, I always have all the respect in the world for Jordan Stahl with what he's done throughout his career. But that will do it for this second segment. Coming up to end the show, we're going to preview Penguins Golden Knights on Sunday. I'll be there for that one. That should be a lot of fun. Penguins playing on a back-to-back. We'll preview that one in the final segment. But before we get to that, we got to tell you all about Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, especially after this last one against New Jersey Devils. Who starts and who sits as well? I'm thankful for all that connections that we have. And today I want our chat to be, you know, maybe a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. And you realize what that means? bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your other prescriptions like Cialis and all this other stuff. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having your supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by my co-host Patrick Damp, of course. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So Penguins Golden Knights comes your way on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Right after the Steelers play, they play the Cleveland Browns, and noted Cleveland Browns fan Alex Ndelkovich will probably be in the building for that game. And you know what, Ned? I don't ever want to see you wearing a Miles Garrett jersey at practice when TJ Watt is playing for the Steelers. But that's the first game of the day, and the Penguins will send you all off with a game against the Golden Knights. Another game where this is going to be super tough for the Penguins to win. Knights have been one of, if not the best team in the league this year. No Stanley Cup hangover there. Their high-end talent has been absolutely incredible. William Carlson, 19 points in 17 games. Jack Eichel, or I like to say Eichelmania, 7 goals, 18 points in 17 games. 
Mark Stone, who I also think is one of the more underrated players in the league and also is a complete psychopath with his celebrations. 17 points in 17 games. Shea Theodore's awesome. Jonathan Marchessault, so Chandler Stevenson, Petrangelo. I can go down this list. This team is absolutely loaded. And Pat, I hand it over to you. How do the Penguins win this one on Sunday? Discipline. Plain and simple. They are... This is a game where if you and this doesn't just apply to the Penguins, this applies to a lot of teams in the National Hockey League when you're going up against the Vegas Golden Knights, is you have to swallow your pride a little bit. I know you're I know it's the National Hockey League, it's pro sports, you're a competitor at the highest level. You want to prove that you can go blow for blow with the best. I get it. But if you want to beat a Vegas Golden Knights team like this, that is this deep, this talented this good you're gonna have to conserve you're going to have to let them punch themselves out you're going to have to play a disciplined game where you're very responsible in the defensive zone you double down on how well you clog up the neutral zone and as mike sullivan says stay above your opponent and wait for them to make mistakes because here's the dirty little secret that the Vegas Golden Knights have figured out that a lot of teams haven't. We're not in an era anymore where you need an elite goaltender. You don't. They have Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson, who are both fine enough. Are they great? Yeah. Are they good? Sometimes. They've been good this year. I'll say that. Right, but they've gotten a lot of help because yeah. you look at the Vegas Golden Knights' goal differential. They've given up 40 goals but they've scored 64. So your goal here is to not get scored on and try to score a couple goals. And I know that's, I know a bunch of people are going like, wow, Pat, great analysis. Really thought that one through. Listen, man, Occam's razor. Sometimes the simplest answer is the correct one. And this Vegas team is genuinely great. Like if they are back in the Stanley cup final this year, I will not at all be shocked because they're deep, they're talented, and they have an ownership that understands pro sports is about winning and winning now, the future be damned. So if you're the Penguins, play disciplined, counterpunch, and do not, under any circumstances, try to go blow for blow for this team with this team, or you are going to get mopped up. It's the same strategy that we kind of had for the Colorado game where the Avalanche were one of the best teams in the league starting out the season. They came into Pittsburgh and the Penguins completely shut them down. Also helped that Tristan Jari had one heck of a game. Again, we don't expect Jari to play in this one. It's probably going to be one of the backups because the Penguins really don't start their starter in back-to-back games. But whoever does start in net, obviously is going to have to play well. But again, for the same game plan for the Penguins, got to do what you did against Colorado. Limit the Knights to the outside. Don't give them much in the neutral zone and play a little bit of that, I guess, slower tempo hockey as they were during the, the winning streak that they had. Because you're right. I mean, this night's team, they're built to score every single time that they're out there. Whatever, it's the first line, second line, third line, heck, even their fourth line. They're also one of the deepest teams in the league. Defensively, they're very good. They have some very strong puck movers on the back end. You said it for the goalies, me, Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson. They're fine. Usually, they've been very good this year. Aiden Hill has a 928 save percentage in 10 games. Logan Thompson's only played seven games. He has a 925 save percentage. Very good numbers. And 
Normally, their numbers aren't that good if you look throughout their careers, but they're looking really good right now. It doesn't matter which of those goalies have been in net. The Knights have gotten really good goaltending. And then, I know you didn't say it, but I'll say it for you. Bruce Cassidy is one of the five best coaches in hockey, I think. I mean, I still don't understand why he was fired by the Bruins. I mean, I know Jim Montgomery's doing a hell of a job up there right now, but man, Bruce Cassidy has done one heck of a job with this Knights team, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. So I, I do think that's what I'm looking forward to in this one, and especially on a back-to-back, Pat, just keep those shifts a bit shorter and make sure you're not trying to do too much out there because the Knights will make you pay in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. And just like like we also didn't really take into account, I didn't, that it is going to be the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah, and they you try to have one back home. You, you're going to have to play a simple game. You are going to have to keep it simple because you're not going and playing the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night. You're playing Carolina. It's a good team. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a battle. So there, you're going to have to play simple, smart hockey on Sunday. I agree. And just diving into a couple more underlying numbers before we wrap up the show here. For the Knights this season at 5-on-5, five 51.6% five, expected goals rate. Very good. But their actual goals rate, 57.8%. Top so five good. in the league. One spot below the Penguins who have a 59.1% actual goals rate. So the Knights, they are scoring quite a few goals this season and the Penguins are going to have to do whatever they can to keep them off the score sheet as much as possible in this one. Should be two really fun games, two more big tests for the Penguins. If they can somehow sweep this back to back, man, that would be massive heading into next week with a couple more big games for this team. I'll still be happy with a split though. If they can get a split, I'll be happy heading into next week. But man, if they can somehow sweep this, I'll be on cloud nine, excuse me, heading into next week with the Rangers game and all these other games next week. I'd really like to be back here on Monday morning with you and talking about how they swept the weekend. So I think last time you and I said something like that, it came true. So let's keep that mojo going. Let's throw it into existence here, people. But (laughs) man, that would do it. I know <laughs> that will do it though for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Penguins play Carolina on Saturday, Vegas Sunday. We'll see if they can get four out of four points before we talk to you all again on Monday. We'll recap both of those games for you and then get you all set for that massive game against the New York Rangers right before Thanksgiving and make it get you all set for the rest of the games after Thanksgiving next week. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll be back with another episode for you all on Monday.